0: Hello everybody and welcome back to Roar Lions Roar. I'm your host Nick Pollock and I am not joined by one of my normal co-hosts tonight because that's because I'm joined by a much more special guest and yes I mean that is deep offense to all of them Uh, but I'm joined by former Nittany Lion, former Mississippi State Bulldog, former New Orleans Saint, former Carolina Panther and current Calgary Stampeder, Mr. Tommy Stevens. Tommy what's up man?
1: What's going on? I appreciate you having me.
0: Yeah, it's awesome to have you. You know, we've I know we were just talking before, but uh, I know like, you know, I have followed your career, obviously, all through Penn State. We we talked even when you were a recruit. I did a couple of interviews with you back when I worked at uh, Blackshear Diaries over at SB Nation. So, you know, we've been following you for a long time. We loved watching you at Penn State and loved following your career. And it's just it's awesome to see you doing well.
1: I appreciate that, man. it uh I do remember, like I said, remember the conversations that I had when I was shoot I guess I would have probably been like seventeen, eighteen years old then, and um it's you know time really flies, time flies, so yeah um, but yeah, yeah, I'm thankful like I told you before, thankful for uh, you know for your support of me throughout the years and uh you know excited to uh, you know be able to sit down and talk to you a little bit.
0: yeah, of course, you know, and I think you know as I just alluded to your recruitment, It was super interesting. Like, even going back now, your whole recruiting class in general um, was one of the more, it was one of the first recruiting classes that, you know, I covered personally. Um, But even to this day, it's one of the more interesting, you know, interesting ones in general. And just even thinking about, you know, specifically the quarterbacks, there was this massive, Domino effect that happened with the quarterbacks in your class, and there's even more than I'm going to reference here. But you know, <laughs> some cliff notes here. You know, you had Ricky Town originally committed to Alabama, then he flipped to USC. So then you had Blake Barnett, who was committed to Notre Dame, flipped down to Bama. So then you had Brandon Wimbush, who was committed to Penn State, flipped to Notre Dame, and then you flipped from Indiana Penn State. Were you aware of kind of all that going on at the time?
1: So, um, yeah, so, I mean, I think that there ended up being a couple more too, a couple more oh, down yeah. the road. Um, like I think Indiana went and got like NC States guy and, um, got, you know, I was committed to IU at the time. And, um, yeah, it was, it was strange. I didn't really know, um, I guess before I was directly involved, I didn't know what was going on. I mean, I guess I kind of followed what was going on between, um, you know, the quarterbacks in my class, but. You know, I, those, that's, that's pretty much exactly how I remember it. I mean, everything was kind of, um, you know, it was like you said, a domino effect. And, uh, you know, it was actually funny. I was also being recruited by Notre Dame once mm-hmm. Blake Barnett left, you know, being from Indiana, Indianapolis, you know, not too far from Notre Dame. So, uh, on my visit was also Brandon Wimbush on his official visit. Uh-huh. So I was able to meet Brandon then, talk to him, kind of figure out what was going on, I guess. And so I actually, um, I guess in a weird way, I mean, I didn't expect Penn State to call me, um, but in a weird way, I was prepared for them to call me just based off of how it went down, you know what I mean? So uh, once I found out Brandon was going to commit, it was actually, it was funny how it worked out. Um, I don't know if, I think Brandon committed on the spot or uh, one way or another made it clear to the Penn State staff that he was probably going to Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I'm leaving, I'm leaving the game with my mom and maybe a couple of my high school buddies, you know, cause we grew up Notre Dame fans being from Indiana. Yeah. And so I kind of took it as an opportunity to bring some of my high school teammates to the game. Sure. It was a real cold rainy game against Navy. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was miserable to be at. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, we're walking, we're walking to the car and I get a phone call from Ricky Ronnie, who at the time was the quarterback's coach at Penn state. And I didn't answer it. And I remember, I remember thinking like, man, these guys like, they're trying to pull like a fast one on me. Like, they don't think that I know what's, what's going on here, whatever. And, uh, as you know, you know, James Franklin's very, very good at uh, recruiting. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, maybe the next week, following week, um, coach Ronnie is at my game playing against, you know, a team that's uh, in central Indiana, pretty good team. And, um, you know, next day they offer me. And so it's like, dang, like things happened really, really fast for them, you know, a couple of weeks spans. And obviously at that point, Brandon had to be committed and committed to Notre Dame and they needed a guy. So, you know, in a weird way, I got, I got very lucky. Um, You know, I like to think that, you know, I earned a lot of the opportunities, but, you know, timing is as important as anything. And uh, the way that it worked out, you know, I just happened to be the next guy on the list. And, um i think i ended up being a little bit better than most people thought and so um i was very early in my um quarterback um career i guess you could say i'd only been playing quarterback for like two years at that point mm-hmm. point. and so um you know i had a lot of I, I was definitely by the definition a uh you know a wild card i guess you could say a project would be better um i i was very i mean looking back man i was um I thought that I was a lot better than I was. <laughs> and so I'm able to look back and, and see like where I was then. I'm like, man, I my mechanics are awful. Like if I just knew so much, a lot of the things, if I knew half of the things that I knew now back then, I mean, I would have probably been a couple more stars. But, uh, you know, it's just, that's how it works, man. You go back and watch some of that stuff. It's, uh, it's pretty cool to reminisce on it.
0: I was I was reading back on some of our old interviews, and one of the quotes that had me laughing was it was something like you you were like yeah I realized I start I need to start to get a little bit bigger, otherwise the Ohio State linebackers are going to rip my head off when I get there.
1: <laughs> yeah, ended up being downhill on a couple of them. <laughs> the the weight The weight thing wasn't too bad for yeah. me, at
0: least. Kind of along those lines. I mean, just you know, being that you're you know significantly removed from it at this point. Is there anything that you would have done differently, like when you were a recruit? Like do you feel, you know, pretty good about the way you went about the process and all or
1: Yeah. Um I think things worked out exactly how they were supposed to. Yeah. Um I think that I was supposed to be at Penn State. I'm thankful that I was able to go to Penn State, get a, you know, world class degree from, you know, very fine institution. So um, man, I I had as good of a college experience as, as I could imagine. I mean, as, as you know, Penn State's such a special place to a lot of people, and um, it will always hold a special place in my heart. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful that, that things did work out the way that they did. Um, you know, a lot, a lot's changed as far as like uh, the, the recruiting landscape, uh, college football in general, a lot of things have changed since, you know, I guess, what would that be, seven, eight years ago? And so, um, you know, looking looking back to how things were then, I think that, you know, myself and my family and uh, my high school uh, coaches, administration, I think that we handled things the right way, and um, I, I I don't think that I would change anything.
0: Awesome. Well, and speaking of Penn State, then, so you committed to Indiana on June fourth of whatever they, I guess that would have been twenty fourteen.
1: Twenty. It would have been it would have been twenty fourteen. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So then you visit Penn State October twenty fourth. You flipped to Penn State officially on November 10th. Yep. During that visit, because you obviously you had already talked to the coaches beforehand, like you said, Ricky Ronnie had reached out to you. Um, when you went on that Penn State visit, did you kind of already have it in mind that you were thinking about flipping, or were you you know still pretty committed to Indiana at that point?
1: So I'd like to. I mean, I was very committed to Indiana, I guess, up into the point where I started getting opportunities that I didn't have before I made that decision. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, it's, it's kind of just a a bad part of the business, unfortunately, you know what I mean? Like, um, and and obviously like transferring is, is a lot different now and there's a lot more, um, lenience to being able to leave a university, to go to a different place. But, uh, you know, back when, you know, like I said, only a short eight years ago, it wasn't exactly like that. And so, um. You know, I, I didn't feel good about decommitting. I didn't want to decommit, um, just because you know I I feel like I've always been a very loyal person. Um, I've I've been taught that from a very you know young age. But um, you know, talking to some of the guys that I was able to meet on the recruiting process, you know, guys from different teams, uh, guys that have you know been old, that were older than me, uh, that came out of my high school, that went to college places. You know, they they always said like, look, man, like it's 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 a business it's like it's a game but it's a business and you know at the end of the day these coaches are going to do what's good for what's best for them and their families you got to do what's best for you and yours and so um you know i kind of took that as like look like nothing's going to stop a coach from taking a better job and you know as they shouldn't i think that they should do those type of things and i think that i should as well and so um you know penn state and notre dame like i already kind of said were not options before i committed to indiana and um I was able to go see those places um but you know on my visit to Penn State I actually got to backtrack a little bit because uh, again with the whole timing thing that I was talking about a lot of things fell into place right for me just for that to even happen because you know I'm in the middle of my senior season so um the day after the game that Coach Ronnie came and seen me was the day, the day that they offered me
0: mm-hmm.
1: so like this is the first time that I'm actually gonna um you know, I guess this is the first time that it kind of popped in my mind, like, OK, like maybe I need to or not maybe I need to, you know, see if this is a better opportunity for me, you know. And mm-hmm. um, the same day, the same day that, that Penn State offered me was the same day that we found out, um, you know, what it was like the playoff selection show for Indiana high school football. And so we get a first round buy, which, to my knowledge, has never happened before in school history. We got we got a first round buy for the playoffs. So it's like, all right, well, there's there's a weekend to go see, to go take an official visit, which I hadn't done. I, I hadn't even taken an official visit to Indiana. Oh wow! Um, so I had never taken an official at that point. And this ended up being the only official that I ended up taking. But um, I'm like, okay, like, you know, I, I have a weekend to go see. Cause I, the last thing I wanted to do was be a distraction. We had a good thing going um you know with with the high school team we were I want to say like 10 and 2 we were you know we were having a really really good year making a possible push to uh to win a state championship and I didn't want to be a distraction of my teammates and so mm-hmm. uh, I'm like okay well you know here we go I've got a weekend to go see it let's see if they have a home game and it just so happens to be the whiteout against the eventual national champion Ohio State <laughs> we almost beat in you know double overtime so I mean it was a match made in heaven it worked out perfectly obviously and so but on my visit man um you know as as anybody that's ever seen the white out, it sells itself. Um, you know, I didn't grow up a Penn State fan. I mean, obviously, I knew uh, the national prevalence that that Penn State had and you know the type of program that it was, but it wasn't like I was a diehard Penn State fan and uh, you know I showed up on campus and I mean I immediately fell in love with the place and it's you know the rest is history, obviously. it's anybody that's seen campus, anybody that's been there. Um, I've, I've never heard anybody say any bad things about it. So it's, it's, it's a beautiful place. I love it. Um, you know, it's been, it's been a long time since I've been there. I miss it. Uh, I would like to eventually get back someday.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I can relate to that for sure. I, so I, you know, Penn state, I, I applied to Penn state, it's not where I wanted to go. It just kind of, my advisor was like, Hey, you seem to like big schools. You like sports. That's not that far. You should give it a shot. But ultimately, you know, it was further away than Rutgers, and I didn't really want to go to Rutgers. No offense to Rutgers. I just, eh, it was too close. And then Wazoo, yep. Washington State, where my mom went, was a bit too far. So we drove hmm. over to Penn State and walked around the campus. I was like, damn, this is it? This is it? It's awesome, man. It's, it's easy awesome to fall place. in love with it, yeah. Absolutely. Um, what was... So I know you you mentioned how hard it was to decommit from Indiana. Just like, what... I'm just kidding. tell me a little bit, a little bit more about that. Like, what is that like to have to call? Uh, who? What? Would, would Kevin was Kevin Wilson the head coach at the time then. Yep. What yep. was it like to just make that call? And what was just what was that conversation like?
1: I mean, obviously, for you know seventeen-year-old kids, not easy. Um, you know, looking back, I think that I handled it about as well as I possibly could have. Um, but I remember, I remember exactly where I was. I remember, I remember the phone call like it was, you know, thirty minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I called, I called Coach Wilson, talked to him, and he was very respectful, very respectful to uh, to me. I'm pretty sure they probably, you know, saw this coming. I guess, but um, you know, they were they were they were very good to me, my family. I honestly didn't talk to Coach Wilson for very long. He um, he sent me over to Coach, um, would have been Coach Jones, who's the uh, offense coordinator, quarterbacks coach who I had a, uh, I guess, a better relationship with. And so that, that part was a little bit more difficult, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, explaining to him, obviously, you know, they wanted me there. So they didn't, you know, see it the same way that I did. And, you know, it's tough on a, uh, on a 17-year-old kid, you know. So, But, you know, that's, that's kind of, that's how it goes. That's, that's it's just, it's a part, of, a part of growing up. And, um, you know, I, uh, I thought that, and I still do, that I made the best decision for me. Um, and it wasn't the first difficult phone call that I ever had to have. I mean, I remember when I first committed to to Indiana, I called every single coach that, you know, either offered me or that I had talked to. I called everyone, let them know what my decision was going to be before I posted anything. I mean, yeah. I think that we handled things the right way. And so, um, you know, even if it wasn't, uh, the easiest thing to do, uh, it was the, the thing, the right thing to do. And so, um, I'm still happy with, with how things went down and, um you know most it actually ended up working out because most of those coaches that I had either talked to in the recruiting process um you know some of the guys like like coach Parker for example who ended up being uh at the receivers coach at Penn State for a little bit he was Mm -hmm. at Purdue when I was uh, in high school he ended up taking the offensive coordinator job at West Virginia he offers my little brother who's a senior in high school now so he offered him to West Virginia now he's at Notre Dame and so like there was a lot of different cases that like that of, um, you know, these coaches that I had you know built a relationship with over the recruiting process that, you know, I think since we handled it the right way, we were very respectful. They were still open to, um, you know, to recruiting, you know, my, my high school and, you know, my, my eventual, my little brother. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm very thankful for that as well.
0: That's awesome. I, I think that's something that a lot of, uh, you know, cause when guys flip, do you commit, whatever, you know, there's, for all the you know the positive comments you'll get you'll get equally as many comments from random people on twitter yeah. saying like oh do you even know the meaning of the word commitment yada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. i think that's something a lot of people yeah. forget is that you know i i get it like college football it, it it almost seems like like its own little world in the way and you forget that you're talking to a 17 year old kid and you forget the fact that they, for as angry as you might be about them not coming to your school now, they just had to make the most difficult decision probably that they've made in their life to this point. That's, that's Absolutely. tough. That's tough. Absolutely. Um, So to flip it over to happier things, then let's talk about your time at Penn <laughs> State, which was awesome. Um, And I think the first thing I want to focus on um, is just the relationship that you had with Trace uh, because you guys, True. you know, to this day probably still, one of if not the most dynamic quarterback rooms penn state has had i think when you consider just how successful you both were how athletic you both were how many different things you could both do um but just tell me about you know that relationship that you guys had
1: yeah so i mean i didn't and i mean really i guess you could attest to you know my entire time at penn state i didn't know uh penn state or penn state football without trace obviously you know he was there um he'd been there for a semester i'm pretty sure he didn't or maybe he did early in raw i can't remember but um you know he had, he had been there for you know whether it was a year or a semester more than i had been so um you know trace taught me a lot of things and you know i, I credit billy fessler a lot for uh you know those two kind of taking me under their wing kind of showing me how things are done uh, in a different way of um, of leadership because obviously christian hackenberg was there and uh you know he kind of had like the top dog mentality and obviously as he should have i mean he was he had earned that right and so um and even like even just because he did like it wasn't ever anything negative i wouldn't say like me and christian still have a very good relationship i i was you know kind of talked about being at mike's wedding i remember having like a two hour long conversation with christian just you know just chatting it up because i hadn't seen him talk to him in a long time and um he was very he was very good to me and so Um, But I mean, that's the thing that I'm probably most thankful for and not even just like our quarterback room. I mean, obviously, if you look around the country, um, I would like to believe that a lot of people have good relationships in the room, but it's tough, man. It really is just, you know, obviously one guy can play. And um, you know, being competitive people, um, it's tough. It's tough to continue to to build and to have a great relationship, but it's so important, man. It's so important. And that's a lot of the reason why I feel like it was able to work between us because, you know, we are constantly trying to make each other better. We are constantly, um, you know, just working, man. Just working, working, working. And I think uh you know, I was able to push Trace. Obviously, to, um, yeah, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and try to take credit for the things that Trace <laughs> did, but um, I, 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 think, I think pushing him every day, uh, and and it's not even just me. I mean, you know, if you look, like if you take the 2016 team that you we know, won the Big Ten, went to the Rose Bowl. I mean, we had depth at every position, man. We had, we had Chris Goblin as the X, and Jawan Johnson was pushing him. Um, you know, I already talked about Trace and myself. You had, you had Miles Sanders pushing Saquon. You had, uh, you know, just constant – or not constant, but, you know, just a, a very long list of, of talent. We had so much so much talent on that team. And, um, you know, I think that that was – and it's just – it's still, man, still the, the most fun that I've ever had in the football season um that team it was just the team and it was it was just the the relationships um the way that we we felt about each other i mean it didn't feel like it's like oh man we gotta go practice like we enjoyed being there we enjoyed being around each other and i i think that that is much much more important than talent is as crazy as it may sound i mean I i'll take that guys that you know that that care about each other that don't want to let each other down um, those player-driven teams are, are by far the most impactful. Um, and like I said, man, I'll never forget the way that that season that season felt. I mean, obviously, it helps when when you're winning, and, and the way that we were winning, um, it was it was such a cool thing to be a part of, man. And anybody that was uh, you know either a part of the program or you know was supporting us during that time, you know, can can definitely relate to to how how special it was. It was, it was a really good year.
0: It was, it was certainly fun to watch. And that was the first year that, um, we actually had started Roar Lions Roar at this point, cause we had split off from SB nation. So 2016 was that first full year that we, you know, covered what a at roar. Lions roar. <laughs> and yeah, it was a hell of a year for it to, for it to start. I mean, but not even just good football <laughs> between the football team. Uh, you had the hockey team winning the big 10 championship. Yeah. You had the wrestling team winning the big 10 championship and a national champ. It was, it was special. It was quite time. a year. It was yeah. a special time. It was a lot. Of and fun. I
1: believe who who was that wasn't the year that the the Eagles won the Super Bowl, was it? Oh, oh man. <sighs> it may have been the next year. I can't remember.
0: Uh, yeah, I feel like they it felt won like in there was seventeen. Always, yeah.
1: yeah, they may have, but it may have been February of seventeen. I guess is what I'm saying. That's I just true. Felt like yeah, they were yeah, always maybe. they are always tearing. They were always on College Ave. They were always you know ripping the streetlights it was just another week cuz another week <laughs> on campus they were just ripping down the street lights and <laughs> man it, you're right man it was it was a special time
0: a special time for sure it was a really cool time um so you mentioned obviously only one guy can play quarterback you were in an interesting position in that regard because you had a lot of opportunities to get on the field otherwise because you were there as the wildcatter i guess they had started calling it the lion position at that point um, or maybe that was started in 2017, whatever it was it's
1: for the bowl game. It was for okay, the bowl, for the bowl game, game of the, uh, the Fiesta bowl. So it would have been the end of 17.
0: Okay. And- okay. Um, but regardless, regardless of what it was called, you know, yeah. you found your way on the field a good amount. Mm-hmm. Was it, you know, in a way, was it tough, like in practice working on kind of those sorts of things instead of quarterback? Cause you know, I, I have to imagine that any time you spend doing something else, not playing quarterback, you kind of in the back of your mind thinking, well, my chances of actually playing quarterback are probably going down a little bit. Um, But just like, what was it like preparing for that role?
1: So, I think that we did a really good job of um, the way that I guess we managed it. Um, You know, it all kind of started, like I said, 2016, where um, at that point it had been a very long time since I played in the football game and uh you know the red shirt rules were different you weren't allowed not that i would have even been ready i was not ready to play as a freshman by any means and, um but you know everything was different i hadn't played in the game i remember i had a um like a reverse timer in my phone and it was just like counting the days that it's been since like i had been tackled you know what i mean like it's oh, wow. been forever and uh, I guess anybody that's, that's kind of watched me play or now nah, I've, I've always, I've I always played defense. I was always a defensive guy. My dad played linebacker. My, like I already mentioned, my little brother, he's uh, he's going to Virginia tech with pry. He's going to play outside backer, D end, whatever, because he's about as big as me right now. So he's a little bit bigger than what I was when I was in high school of 17. So, um, you know, I guess I come from a defensive family. I guess you could say like, you know, my, my people are, are hard-nosed tough. Uh, blue collar type people. And so, um, I grew up, I guess, loving contact. I mean, it's just, that's, that's kind of how I knew football, which is obviously not the, uh, the most common thing to hear from a quarterback. Um, so I, I missed it, man. I missed, I missed being tackled. Um, and you know, eventually got to the point where we've been right around the time where I think we had just beat maybe Minnesota or, um, you know right around that time before we we kind of blew up right and so i remember i went to jomo uh coach moorhead's office and i was like like look like i'm going insane here like i i i'm glad that you know we're you know i guess i can't even say that i'm glad we were winning we were like two and two four and four wherever we were you know i was i wanted to help that was really what it what it broke or what it came down to I i wanted to help in some sort of capacity so i'm like man like Like, if I'm not going to help us out on offense, like, let me do something on special teams. Like, let me go run down on kickoff. Like, I know that I can help somehow. And uh, I kind of, like, plead my case, right? And I'll never forget the first thing he says. He's like, oh, bud, listen here. You're not running down on kickoff. That's not happening. So so that was was the first thing he said to me. So I'm just like, he's like, but, you know, I've got some things that are in the mix here that we can, you know, kind of start to experiment with. I think that you can help us do some things and, you know eventually that was kind of how um you know this this package formed i guess and so oh. we unveil it against Iowa in the 2016 game where we were just we were, I mean, we were running the ball like crazy. i think we ran for like something crazy that night i was either 5 or 600 yards something ridiculous i guess it wouldn't have been 600 i don't think but it was something insane we we were running the ball for crazy amounts of yards and so we're up like whatever forty one fourteen or whatever, and and they do you know the jet sweep that has become you know to most people like you know my most famous play, which happened to be my first play, and so um, you know from there it was it was you know I I, I was thankful for it all. Obviously, I, I wanted to be helping, I wanted to be playing, but like I already mentioned, man, those the, that team was so stacked uh, at every position. We had a lot of good skilled players, obviously. And uh, you know, up front we were we were pretty good too. And, you know, I remember we had um in order for me to come onto the field, one of the running backs would have to come off or Mike Gasicki would have to come off the field. And so both of those both of those guys, both of those running backs are NFL starters. Obviously Mike is an NFL starter, so they had to take one of those guys off the field in order to get me on the field. And so, um, you know, I was I was thankful that they, you know, continued to find ways for me to uh to help out and I think at first it was kind of a thing that would just, I think in their minds, they just wanted to keep me happy. Um, but, you know, it actually ended up being a weapon for us. And so um, obviously I was thankful for that.
0: Yeah. So I think, you know, that, that to me, I think it says a lot about how the coaches viewed you and viewed your ability to help the team. Because like you know, like you said, like no matter what the formation was, they're taking off an NFL caliber player. Which you know you went to the nFL too like you are also of that caliber, but like that said a lot about how they viewed you and viewed your ability to you know help the team <clears throat> and I know for me, looking back on what you did in that role, the run against Iowa was easily my favorite, but I'm curious what were what were like some of your favorite moments you know, either from playing that role or when you actually did get to play quarterback as well
1: uh it's It's hard to pick one man hard to pick one. I mean, obviously, there was so many different uh, moments at Penn State that you know I I really enjoyed. Um, you know, the first one, the first touchdown against Iowa, is obviously very special. That was my first college touchdown. Um, you know, I, I didn't I didn't score in the Big Ten game, but being home in Indianapolis on uh, what would have been, let's see, that was 2016. So that was like the sixth year, it was December 3rd. So it's the sixth year anniversary of my best friend dying. Oh, wow. And so like, obviously, obviously a very special uh, night for me as well. And being able to win and, uh, a lot of emotions that way as well. And so, um, and then I think about another run against Iowa that we played. And, and this is, I guess this would have been two years later in 18 when Trace gets hurt. And, um uh, yeah, I've kind of talked about this a little bit and, I remember um, you know, obviously I ended up staying when I could have left for that eighteen season. And um, you know, it was I it was it was a tough year on me, man, because you know, my, my production kinda went down. Um, I wasn't playing a ton. I was I was my, my foot was broke the entire year. And so, um, you know, I broke it in spring ball, basically right after I announced that uh, or once I made the decision that I was staying, I break my foot like the next winter workout. So it's just like Brutal. very annoying. Right. And so I have surgery. Then come back. I break the same. I break the foot again um, in fall camp. And so uh, this is like two weeks before the opener. So we're like, man, like we're kind of stuck here. Do we want to have surgery again? Do we want to? Um, just see what we can do, and I knew if I had surgery, I was going to miss at least half the year. Mm. Um So I'm like, okay, like I'll try to play with it. And so we gave it a couple of weeks. We have like six weeks uh, from you know time, and that put me at like week four or five, whatever it was. We ended up playing Ohio State. It was my first game back, and um, basically just tried to tried to grit it out and just kept making it worse and worse and worse. And but but anyway, so Trace Trace gets hurt for the first time. I mean, obviously, he'd been banged up a few times, but Trace had never laid there right yeah. I and mean, trace very very tough dude um took some bombs like took some bombs of shots like i remember tj watt pile drived him in the middle of the, oh. the logo at lucas oil like the first or second play of the game and i was like holy you know shit <laughs> you know it's <laughs> no other way of no other way of putting it and so i remember grabbing my helmet and you know, sure enough nine gets up and so very very tough dude but you know to see him see him lay there i was like man like It's kind of a weird, eerie feeling, you know what I mean? Because obviously here's, you know, Trace, my friend, um, who's heard that I feel upset about. But at the same time, I've got a job to do. And in in the grand scheme of things, I mean, all these things are running through my mind. um, And during this TV timeout where they're trying to, you know, get Trace off the field. And and I remember thinking like, man, like, like, this is it. This is, this is why you waited. This is why you stayed. This is why you didn't transfer. Like, these are all the different um, reasons why, you know what I mean? And so, because in my, in my point or in my view, I thought that Trace was going to be out for a significant amount of time, obviously, yeah. with, you know, him continuing to get up time and time again, and they had to carry him off the field. And I'm thinking, okay, like, this is – here we go. And so, uh, the touchdown that we scored um, – like the next series down there on the goal line where i run it in and kind of like run through the linebacker that one that one was special because i felt like like boom i've arrived you know what i mean like i've done a lot of things for penn state at this point but like this is this was like my moment you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um you know we come back out at after halftime trace is fine ends up playing and she's kind of like you know the lights get cut off on that but That was that was tough on me after that, but I think that adds to the significance of how that felt for me because it was like, man, like, like this is it, like it's time to play, and I I felt like I I stepped up to um, to the challenge and kind of got us back into that game because about everything that could have possibly go wrong at that moment had gone wrong. I mean, we had like a a punt block, they faked a punt. I mean, they were up like seventeen to three, I think. And the number one player in, in passing yards, passing touchdowns, completion percentage—you name it—every passing category was not moving, you know. And so, um, you know, being able to get down there, and get a touchdown and a two, or I think we had seven, so it would have been like 17-7. So we score, and then we kick the field goal, end up tying it before the half, and um, I felt like we were rolling, man. We were rolling, and then obviously Trace ended up being fine. We ended up winning the game, um, but but yeah, that that one. That one was pretty special to me as well.
0: That's awesome. And you mentioned, you know, we're going to talk about the transfer decision in a second. And it kills me because I love a good transition. But I'm going to forlay it for just a second. Because there's one more thing I want to ask about specifically from your time at Penn State. <clears throat> so um, we back, I think it was during the 2017 season. Um, so I'm actually wearing, we used to make shirts for Roar Lions Roar. And one of those shirts yep. was our Tuddy's shirt. And um, it did not go unnoticed that it made it on to the play card. I, again, I think it was 2017. Um, and now me being very ignorant, not understanding like with the specifics of how the play cards work or anything. But was there, like, do you remember what the significance was of the Tutty's shirt logo?
1: Well, I don't know if I'm going to get anybody in trouble here.
0: <laughs> I don't. But, I um, don't think they use it anymore, so I think we're safe. They don't use it anymore? I don't think so. I haven't seen
1: it. It doesn't mean it didn't mean anything oh. it meant absolutely nothing none of, none of the stuff meant anything but we just held it just for people to think okay i wonder what that means like none of it. so really what came down to was we just thought of like the funniest stuff that we could put on that board <laughs> in the in the quarterback room so i'm not really sure how that one ended up but i remember we had like a stepbrother's picture yeah. like anything like we so we had like a goldfish we had two goldfish in our quarterback meeting room uh big dog and little dog and uh, you know, God rest their souls. They just the big dog just passed away not too long ago. It was tough on the quarterback room. We got a text from Jomo, uh, but um, yeah, yeah, tough break. But uh, I remember we had a picture of the goldfish up there. Uh, it was you know, we we had a lot of fun with it. That's but, awesome. Yeah, didn't mean anything. Didn't mean anything at all. That hurt. That, <laughs> that hurts. That that hurts to, to
0: hear part. a little bit. But I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah, say yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, obviously, it held significance though. I'm sure you weren't the only one that noticed it. And um, shoot, we had like. Would have been like sixteen different cards, you know, we had two giant poster boards front and back with like four on each one. So mm-hmm. I'm sure somebody probably went deep diving into the significance <laughs> of those and don't know what they would have found, but
0: <laughs> uh honestly, I'm surprised stuff. that's surprised that's something that we didn't do. That sounded that sounds right up our alley. Hi, everyone. Quick break from our regularly scheduled podcast to remind you that Homefield Apparel is the place to go for all of your college sports clothing needs, including Penn State and basically any other school you can think of. Be sure to use the code ROARLIONSROAR, all caps, all one word, at checkout for 15% off of your first order, which I can guarantee will not be your last. Their shirts are soft and unique, the people are kind, and their social media is funny. What more could you want from a company in 2022? Check them out today. You'll be happy you did. Use the code ROARLIONSROAR at checkout. Now, back to the podcast. But let's talk about the transfer portal. First of all, I assume, you know, being as somebody who flipped his commitment, ended up transferring, I assume you're in favor of the way the transfer portal is now, a little little bit more free.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's weird, man. It's weird. Like I said, the the dynamic and the landscape of college football is is a lot different now. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially with all this NIL stuff that's going on, too, that, you know, I'd never really took part in, so yeah. I can't really speak to that. But I mean I think that uh I think that there should still be a little bit of regulation to it. I really do. And it might be un- unpopular. Um but I do agree I don't with, think you're
0: alone in that opinion. Yeah.
1: I do agree. And that's just that's not even just with the transfer portal. That's with all the NIL stuff because I mean man, like think about how much college football has changed in the last two, three seasons alone, you know, mm. so it's only gonna continue to change. I'm I'm I don't know. I don't know what it's going to end up turning into. Who knows? But, um, you know, um, I'm, I do think that it's a good idea because I can actually play to both sides of it. Because like I already mentioned, I was thinking about leaving in um, before the 18 season mm-hmm. and there was no transfer portal at that point. So like we were manually doing the transfer portal, I guess you could say. So um, we kept it low. We didn't, you know, and this was obviously in-house, right? Like I, I let the coaches know what I was going to be doing um basically what it came down to is you know again kind of like I said if I was going to find a, a better opportunity somewhere um they would have they would I mean at least that's what they said but they said that they would have you know pushed it with you know they, they would want the best for me right hmm. so I guess that's kind of cliche of what college coaches are supposed to say but um you know we kind of looked around and We uh, basically, you know, luckily for me, I had a very, very good um, high school coach that that knew kind of what needed to happen um, or, you know, he he understood how how things worked, right? You know, he kept relationships with a lot of these coaches that he's, you know, had for many years. And um, basically what we did was I would, um, he was calling around, right? It's like, let's use, I don't know, what's the first school that you can think of that's not going to be I don't know, it could be anybody let's you You said washington state Sure. yeah let's go example, right let's yeah. use washington state which actually ironically was one of the options but i don't oh, think wow. i ever said that before but <laughs> um so um let's how about let's use oregon let's okay. use oregon for example oregon did not call so um oregon you know if we had some kind of tie with oregon or a um like a uh, phone number of any sort. If my high school coach had that, he would reach out to them to find out whether or not they were interested in a possible transfer quarterback, whatever. Right. Um, you know, and if they were, he would then report back to me, okay, Hey, like you need to get your, uh, basically your waiver to speak to Oregon. And so I would then, you know, go to, um, basically the upstairs people have been state the administration and be like, Hey, okay, I need to get cleared to talk to these guys like compliance wise. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it, it would take like three, four days before I was able to, you know, get everything approved is super annoying. Mm-hmm. Right. Just because, and whereas the transfer portal will allow you to get immediate access to, yeah. um, to, to anybody, you know? So we kind of went the round or the long, you know, obviously it was, it was legal, but it was tough. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it was kind of annoying in a sense of like, okay, you know, we got to talk to these guys and then, you know, if, if Penn State doesn't want me talking to them, they can, they can block it. Like mm. it was a weird deal, man. And, um, you know, they never ended up doing that. Um, but at the same time, I never ended up trying to transfer to, you know, a a, a team in the Big Ten East, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It wasn't that either. So I, I never know or never, I guess, I didn't talk to any of those teams anyway. Um, I didn't, I, I wasn't going to do that. I didn't want, I didn't want to do that. Um, but it would have been interesting to see how that would have went down. Um, but you know, that was the, the early, early days, early ideas, the origins of the transfer portal, in my opinion, was me basically kind of finding my way <laughs> through it.
0: So were you, uh, obviously, so before you tweeted out the Wolf of Wall Street gif, which still perfect use of it. Beautiful. Um, I do believe
1: that I was first to do that, by the way. I I think you were. I really do think you were. I think I was, too, because I remember talking about it in the, uh, you know, at this point, all of the guys that, um, you know, I I remember Mike and Deshaun Hamilton were were at Penn State for whatever reason. And uh, and I was telling them that I was, you know, officially returning or whatever. And they were like, well, you know, how are you going to announce it? I was like, oh, I don't know, and and the night before, I'd actually watched The Wolf of Wall Street, which is you know my favorite movie. I love the movie, and that was a great movie. And, um, no, yeah, great movie. and uh, I was like, well, you know, it would be good <laughs> if I posted this, and like everybody around were like, dude, that's like you're you're not going to do that, like no way you'll do that. And I was like, I mean, why not? it would be it be really funny, and I mean, it was it was great. I ended up having to take it down, unfortunately, yeah. but it was it was it was great, man. It was it was people were fired up about it.
0: I, th- I think we can officially state for the record out right here on the podcast that Tommy Stevens was in fact the first to use it for, an <laughs> I think so.
1: I think so until proven otherwise. Yeah, it's, exactly. I, I believe that it was me. And anytime anybody ever does it, somebody tags me in their video <laughs> that I did it first to this. So, um, just, it's just, it's kind that's of, that's all the proof a you need right I'm there. There, too. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So,
0: <laughs> um, so then obviously year after you did end up transferring, um, First question if Trace had left the year before, yeah. Sorry, to go back to the year before first, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, I probably would have stayed. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, I don't think it would have been a discussion at that point. Yeah. I think that um I probably I mean I've never really thought about that, but um yeah, I probably would have yeah. stayed.
0: Um and then to go to the actual decision to transfer, one how many uh how many places did you actually consider? Or was it kind of like, you know, Coach Moorhead was down there, Mississippi State, obvious familiarity, easy, easy transition. Like, was it pretty pretty simple at that point, or were you considering multiple options?
1: Um, you know, I went into the portal not knowing whether or not Jomo, because obviously I wasn't able to talk to him before. Um so, I mean, it was kind of like jumping over the wall that you don't know what's on the other side, right? Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know whether or not they were going to be there to, um, you know, I didn't know if they would want me. I didn't even really know a whole lot about their their situation. Uh, but I didn't go into the portal just to, to go to Mississippi State with Jomo. Like, that wasn't the, the decision why. And so I was going to find a new place to play regardless. But, um, yeah, I, I took uh, – I guess I lied earlier saying that I only took one official, but you know, one official in high school, right? That's yeah, different. So yeah. I got, I got a whole new set of officials going into the portal. Um, so I think I took four, I believe I took four different officials. I went to, um, went to Miami of Ohio, which was pretty close to home. Um, went to Kentucky, went to, um, went to Mississippi state and I believe Maybe Illinois. I believe it was Illinois. Hmm. I, t- I took those four officials, and um, uh, obviously, the the familiarity with the with the system, um, you know, playing in the SEC West against the best of the best. Um, that was that was a lot of what went into my decision. Um, being able to step into the room and know more about the offense than maybe a lot of the coaching staff did at the time. Um, I was, I was, uh, you know, obviously the the coaches that didn't come over from from Penn State. Yeah, um, I was able to. Uh, I mean, I'd been in the system for at that point three years, um, where these guys have been in for one. So uh, it was it was a good transition. It was good for me. Made it easy for me because I mean, I don't care how smart you are. It's difficult to go from you know one system to another. Um, so uh, it was, uh, and especially when you only had one season you know, you yeah, have one season to, to make it right. That one, it made the most sense to me. And, um, you know, I, I still think that it was the best decision.
0: What What's that, what's that like going, you know, going to a place and knowing that you're only going to be there for one year, like, you know, how much effort do you put into, you know, like doing things that like normal college kids would do, like exploring Starkville, like, like, do, do you pretty much just like keep your laser focus on like, I'm here to play football. It's just, let's figure that side out of it. Or like, what's, what's that like?
1: Well, definitely had more of a social life at Penn state. Um, But I think a lot of that has to do with how much time I spent there as well. So I was able to, um, you know, to do some things throughout Starkville, but uh, much, much smaller college town. Great. I mean, it's cool college town. I liked it, but um, you know, it was, it was a little bit different than what I was used to. Um, And, and, you know, I was, I was there, For a job right Mm -hmm. that was that was kind of you know what i was there for and um you know i enjoyed my time in starkville it was like i said a little different and then you know being banged up a lot of the year wasn't wasn't great for me obviously and um you know may or may have not have. um i don't want to say i I mean i didn't have a bad experience there by any means but it could have been a lot better if i would have been healthy obviously so um but i mean it was it was it was interesting obviously going there and And trying to uh, to earn the respect of of my teammates, that you know, obviously these guys kind of came in together and um, and they were great, man. They were great to me. They uh, they they welcomed me with open arms. They you know they felt strongly enough about me. They voted me a captain, um, which was which was really cool. So you know I was able to, you know I don't I don't know if I was ever put. down as a captain at Penn State, but you know I would have been the captain if I would have stayed. So, right. um, and you know I'd, I'd kind of earned that, I guess, in that spring. So I would, I'm going to go ahead and consider it like being able to be a captain there at Penn State in the Big Ten East, and then a captain SEC West at Mississippi State was was really, really cool to me. Um, and you know, two different uh, set of teams, different guys. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of different relationships that I was able to create. And, Um, you know, I'm thankful, thankful for my college experience, man. I got to play pretty much everywhere, everywhere I I went. And at least in the big 10, I seen every, every stadium because I traveled to every game. Um, Even my freshman year, I always traveled. So I seen every stadium besides Wisconsin and Nebraska, because we never went there. They both came to us. And so, um, and then was able to uh, travel to, we traveled to A&M, we played at Tennessee, we played, uh, where else did we play? That? We played at Auburn, a um, lot of cool, a lot of cool places, a lot of cool stadiums, um, and you know, we played against LSU the year they won the Natty, played against Bama, um, you know, all these teams were, you know, Bama and LSU were both on our side of the division, so it was, uh, it was cool, man, it was cool to play against all those guys, a lot of guys, you know, are on TV now playing in the NFL that I was able to play against. And yeah. um, it's, you know, it's really cool.
0: What was your, let's Let's go with it. What was your, where was your favorite place to play at?
1: No, oh, Penn State. It's, I mean, it's inevitable. Um, you know, it's, it was un- so much unlike any other place, in my opinion, that we ever played. And maybe I'm biased. I don't know. But it was, I mean it's the ultimate home field advantage. I, have never, I've never been anywhere and played the game where it, like, it was the ground was actually shaking. And when, when we blocked the field goal and Grand yeah. Haley picked it up, I mean, it was so loud. The ground was actually shaking. I'll never forget that. And so that was cool. Um, as far as playing on the road, um, I got sacked on the first third down of the game against Auburn and it was really, really loud, really, really loud. And so that was, that was a cool place. Um, A&M, Texas A&M reminded me a lot of Penn state yeah, with the way that it was structured and the way that the stadium looked um, and they, they didn't fill it up and it wasn't as loud, but it was still a really cool stadium. It really it reminded me of like a newer version of of what Beaver Stadium is, and so yeah. it, it, was, it was it was a nice place, man. Really, really nice uh, place, Cowfield. Field. Um, beautiful, beautiful stadium. So, um, yeah, I mean, man, it's I was so lucky. I was so lucky to be able to play at all these places that I grew up watching. Man, it's uh, sometimes it doesn't feel real.
0: I I would venture that there's not many people that wouldn't you know that wouldn't be willing to trade places with what you got to experience you got you got to do some really no cool doubt. stuff
1: no doubt man and um you know i just i'm i'm a product of of my environment man i um i was you know i got lucky in a, in a way i got lucky in a way to be able to go to a place like penn state and kind of develop for you know a year and a half and kind of um you know emerge the way that i did with a lot of my teammates um, you know we were special man we had a special team uh, special leadership uh and and a lot of the guys that you know were in the class above me that were uh, you know trace's class a lot of those guys you know I, it was it was weird because I felt a part of their class in a in a weird way too because I early enrolled you know and so yeah. uh, you know for the first semester of my college experience that was that was that was my class you know what I mean because you know it was just me and sterling Jenkins were the only early enrollees and so um, yeah you know, I felt a, a good connection to those guys and then obviously my class um, with you know we've between those two classes, man, we've got a lot of guys that are still playing in the NFL and um, guys that were a year younger than, than me. so 2016 class, a lot of guys from that class as well. So you know I obviously felt the closest between those three groups or uh, those three classes and um, a lot a lot of talented football players, man, a lot of talented football players.
0: That's an interesting that's something I hadn't really thought about before, like as far as just like the social aspect of you know being a college kid do you you know do you feel like guys more tend to like typically hang around the guys that are in that class with them, or do the lines just get pretty blurred once you're once you're all there?
1: I think first it starts with your position group hmm. I would say that it starts with your position group and then um you know, your side of the ball, offense or defense. I think that's usually where most people, uh, because I mean, obviously that's, I mean, you have your meetings, you have, you you have position meetings, team meetings, um, group meetings between the offense and defense. So, um, you know, you spend the most time with those guys. So obviously, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's usual for, for you to become closer to those people. Right. So, Uh, Unless you were in a situation where, you know, let's say that your roommate possibly played safety. You know what I mean? Like I said, I room with Sterling, played tackle, um, but eventually moved into a place with with Mike Gisicki and uh, Nick Scott, who was previously on offense. Um, transition into into safety, which I would say worked out pretty well for him. I'd say so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and then like Saeed Blackmail too. So got really, really close with them. Adam Brenneman lived there before Nick Scott moved in. So once uh, Brenneman moved out, Nick Scott moved in. So we held that down for a little while. Um, the old Nittany apartments. So what a place we, uh, man, man. Yeah. 30, uh, see what it would have been 3205, 3205. That was, uh, it was an awesome place. It was an awesome place. I wonder if they've ever renovated those places. Oh man, <laughs> they're oh, still no. the same because I I felt like uh, there was there was a lot of um, you know old bottles. You know, college kids get man those little <laughs> bottles. Like it's a trophy case. Like I remember I felt like those bottles had been there for ten years. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh man, yeah. I I would I'd like to optimistically think they've been updated, but you know who knows. I I mean we'll they, they they've updated a bunch of East halls, so anything's possible. Yeah, I don't
1: even I don't even think that they stay over there anymore, man. That's uh, East has become the new Beaver Hall, which is where all the freshmen were. Yeah. I never stayed there, luckily, because I early enrolled, but they. Uh, I would make frequent visits over there to hang out with some of the guys on the seventh floor, and I was like, man, I'm glad that I don't live here. There's no <laughs> air conditioning and yeah yeah i was i was lucky
0: yeah i lived on i lived on the first floor of sprawl in east and Mm. my my wife's father also lived in lived in that same building and i remember like right before we left penn state he like they like swung by and he he looked out he's like they have not changed a single thing about this building (laughs) since we were in school yeah i believe i'm pretty sure
1: east is like all brand new now from what i've heard like it seems like it's uh
0: i think so or at least almost all brand new, yeah
1: yeah, I remember me and Mike would go over there, we'd go over to East and eat all the time <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was that was the one thing that was the one thing East did right. I mean, East was a good time, I won't say it wasn't, but yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, the pizza over there was crazy. <laughs> love the pizza over there,
0: <laughs> so moving on to your NFL time, so kind of like your recruitment and kind of like your um, transfer decisions, like your NFL career like before it even started, started on a pretty interesting note, like, and please correct me if anything, cause this is all, you know, this is just what I read. So tell me if I'm wrong here, New Orleans and Carolina both wanted you as an undrafted free oh. agent. And when oh. New Orleans found out that you wanted to go to Carolina, which I'm assuming probably had something to do with Joe Brady, maybe, um, yeah. they swooped in back into the seventh round to take you is that is that story all all accurate yeah
1: yeah it's kind of how it went down man um it was it was interesting i didn't know that they could do that honestly like i so basically what had happened was i talked to carolina like every other day right throughout the because everything was virtual you couldn't really do anything you couldn't do the fly out visits stuff like that because uh it's all during covid so um i'm on voice calls um every like i said every other day with these guys and Mostly, you know, I talked to I don't know, like a handful of teams, probably like eight teams, right? I talked to a few of those, and um, it was like one or two calls maybe before the draft. Um, most of them, probably like two, right? Mm-hmm. But I was talking to Carolina a lot and, and kind of just like seeing how they did things. And I mean, I wasn't given like their, their playbook or anything like that, but I was feeling really good about what was going to be my role there, or at least my, you know, what they saw me doing, right? And so... They, um, you know, it gets to the point where it's, you know, day three, which, you know, I didn't expect to be, I didn't even expect to be drafted, honestly, given, you know, the way that my senior year ended up, and I played good ball, but it was banged up a lot of the year, mm-hmm. So so, um, and not being able to, to test at a pro day, because, man, I would have, I mean, it's, my pro day numbers were legit, and I know that a lot of people weren't doing it like that. But I know if I would have tested like that at a pro day, it would have shot my draft stock up. So
0: yeah,
1: kind of, kind of sucked that I wasn't able to do that, but, um, you know, it's, it's whatever, but yeah, they, uh, I remember I'm sitting on the couch and I had like a little, you know, get together with family, friends and, you know, my buddies from high school, stuff like that. Anybody that was, that was close. We had a house full of like 15, 20 people, which was, you know, extremely frowned upon then, but <laughs> yeah, this is what we were going to do. We didn't, we didn't really care. Yeah, And, um, we uh we get we or you know i get a, a call from a texas area code right i didn't talk to any, i didn't talk to the texans the dr cowboys mm. so i'm like texas who's calling me from texas and uh it's sean payton oh wow and so uh this is like this is like the sixth round right i've never talked sean was never on the meeting so i've never talked to sean yeah and uh he's like time is sean payton and i'm like holy shit this is crazy right <laughs> and so uh you know everyone everyone thinks everybody in the house thinks i'm getting drafted at this point point. and so like i'm talking to him say, like, hey you know and i had gotten a similar call from you know a different team and uh, this was like the third or fourth round when they were out of picks right they and i kind of told them i was like look like you know i talked to you guys one time i don't think that you know i think that i'm gonna end up in if, if it gets to the point i'm gonna sign with carolina that's what i told him and um so we get down uh it's like i said like the sixth round and carolina had like eight nine picks in this draft and they drafted all defensive players because they needed a lot of help on defense right mm-hmm. and um got to the point where it was um like i said right around that sixth round where they were going to make their last pick because they had a pick in the sixth or 7th i can't remember i think they had like two picks in the sixth, maybe i can't remember And so I'm on the phone with Sean Payton when the Panthers are making their pick, and so I'm kind of freaking out. Like if you know, they told me if they if they could, they were going to draft me in the and you know late in the draft. But I'm sure they're probably just telling me that because they knew that I was going to sign with them regardless. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Sean's like, "Hey, we're going to bring you as an undrafted free agent." I'm like, "Hey, I appreciate it, Coach, but I think that I'm going to sign with Carolina." And so I, I don't know what gave me the courage to, to be able to say that to Sean Payton. But <laughs> it was not easy. And uh, especially this is the first time talking to him, you know what I mean? So uh, so I tell him that, and uh, he's like, okay, well, I want to make some calls. I'm going to give you a call back or whatever. So immediately I call my agent. I'm like, yo, like Sean Payton just called me. Like, you know, this is crazy. He's like, all right, man, it's cool. Like, don't answer the phone anymore. I'm like, what? What do you mean? And he's like, I'm going to handle it. Like, don't – if he calls you, don't answer. So I'm like, okay. So – couple minutes go by, he calls me back. And I'm like, fuck, I'm just sitting there looking at it, right? So, <laughs> like, you know, like your phone rings or whatever, you can hit like the side, like a little side button, you can yeah. hit it and it'll like stop vibrating. I, dude, I, I, I'm just sitting here looking at it in my hand. It's, it's ringing. So, so I'm like, fuck. And so, goes to, goes to, um, goes to the ring or goes to the voicemail or whatever, calls me again, calls me a second time. Oh, so wow. like, dude, like this is, and like, everybody's watching. Right. And so everybody's like, pick up, pick up the phone. I'm like, I can't. Like <laughs> my agent told me not to. So he goes to the voicemail again. He calls me a third time. I'm like, dude, fuck this. I'm, I'm answering it. <laughs> right. So I answer it. And his, his demeanor, his demeanor completely changed. He went from like recruiting me basically to telling me. And uh, he was like, look, like I'm going to, you know, you know, I, we think that this is a better opportunity for you, whatever. And you know, I call my agent, tell him what he said. He's like, yeah, like I got Carolina on the line. Like they're going to like match it or whatever. Like they're just like talking. Basically it was a bidding war dude, and, and which is extremely frowned upon, but I would never say that I was the only person that this has ever happened to. Right. Sure. Of course. And so, um, <laughs> yeah. And so uh, it got to the point where I guess, I guess New Orleans felt like they were not going to win this bidding war, so they traded back into the draft. Which again, I didn't know that they could do. Um, I'll never forget. I'm on the phone with uh, I get a, I get a call from a New Orleans area code now this time. So I'm like, okay, like it's probably somebody you know within the organization. I would imagine it's Mickey Loomis, the GM. And so I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> like, holy shit! And uh, he's like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna merge the the call, of Coach Payton so he's like, look, Tommy, like I called you the first time I was asking you to come to New Orleans, but this time I'm telling you. And so like in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, what does that mean? Like, are you, like, come kidnap me? Like, what? Is, I don't understand. <laughs> he's like, well, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to trade back into the draft and we're going to take you. And I'm just like, like, I didn't know that you could do that. You know what I mean? So crazy story, obviously. I mean, it was, it was cool. I ended up losing money out of it, believe it or not. Oh, wow. Um, just because, yeah, yeah. Cause you know, draft spots are, are you know, slotted. Right. But um I mean man like I, I wouldn't trade the money for for that story with you know, a lot of my <laughs> friends and family there I mean it was it was sweet man it was really cool so um you know another very fortunate
0: event in my my football career that's awesome see that's way that story is way better than what I would read from like Daniel Jeremiah or something oh yeahcom yeah yeah so that's great yeah
1: well I don't, I don't know if I've ever I don't know if've ever told that story so
0: that's awesome
1: um, I don't think I can get in any trouble. For it anymore, nah. but but yeah, I, they they ended up doing a full investigation on it and everything. Nobody ended up getting in any trouble for it, I don't think. So wow, that's yeah. wild. Yeah, or maybe they did. I can't remember. <laughs> I mean, it was really it was really funny because you know they draft me and then they cut me and I go right to New Orleans, or right? right, right to yeah, that, them, that's so. the best part of it, it all. Was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like right when they because I mean I was playing tight end strictly in New Orleans and I was miserable. Like I hated playing tight end; it was the yeah. worst. And um, you know, trying to block Cam Jordan every day. I've never <laughs> blocked anybody. You know what I mean? It never made sense to me because all anybody ever said was like, "Yeah, you know, we you know we like you, but we don't have enough film on you as a quarterback." I'm like, "That's great, but what film of you of me playing tight end do you have?" Right. Like you know, I, I don't. Now I'll run like jet sweep. I mean, I've done that, but I don't see tight ends doing that. You yeah. know what I mean? So I'm not cross lift blocking DNs. <laughs> so it never made sense to me, but. Uh, I get to Carolina, get back with Joe Brady, end up playing a little bit of quarterback in the last game. So, it was against the Saints, ironically enough. So it
0: was, uh, it was a pretty cool deal. It all comes full circle. They they must have seen the one, who was it against sure Northwestern does. that one that one pass you were lined up in the slot. I think I think it was against <laughs> yeah. Northwestern maybe. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I was so I was out of the backfield. I was out of the backfield. I came out of the backfield. Oh, okay. A few plays before that, we ran we ran uh, like a power sucker type read. With what I don't know if it was Saquon or Miles, but Trace hands it to say I'm blocking the perimeter. So we show up in the same shell, you know, Trace is here, say, and then me. And then, you know, we kind of do like the same type deal. And then that time I just bluffed and um, Trace made it about as hard on me as he possibly could. (laughs) He throws the ball behind me. (laughs) And so I I still give him a hard time about that. But, um, you know, luckily it it, it worked out. You know, he was just putting putting it on me.
0: How so. often do you talk to, talk to Trace still?
1: Um, occasionally. I mean, I wouldn't say that there's any set time. I mean, I talked to him a couple of weeks ago, I'd say. So, I mean, every, probably at least once or twice a month, I'd say. Yeah. I uh, just would like we, we still have a pretty big group chat with, um, you know, with some of the coaches, uh, that were in the Ojo, uh, some of the guys that were in the room, you know, cause all these guys are coaching in different places now and me and Trace are still playing. So, yeah. um, yeah. You know, it's and, and I, I think at Cliff's and a couple of them too. So, it's um it's it's a pretty cool deal, man. Because you know Cliff and Will Levis would have been there. Um, I would have never been there with uh, I don't know who would have. I guess it, neither of those two are there. Um, Michael Johnson and um, oh, and I'm, uh, I'm blanking. Saquon um Yeah, yeah. And so I was there one semester with both of them. Okay. And, um, uh, I still, I mean, I still took us at Tay, take uh uh, towards knee this year. So I reached out to him. Yeah. And, um, I talked to Mike every now and again, but, um, still pretty close with, with Trace, with Will, with Sean, uh, and, and Billy. I still talk to those guys the most, I would say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you almost, if you almost ended up in Kentucky, you could have been, you could have been the original Will Levis then. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's working out pretty well for him, huh? Yeah. He's, uh. He's playing pretty pretty good ball. I uh, I actually had his game because they played Mississippi State this weekend, so I actually had that game on here. I was watching it. Um, so dude's taking a beating. I, I know how that <laughs> SEC schedule is, man. He's he had the finger. He's got like a toe, and now I, I think he has an AC separation, which is exactly what I did. So yeah, that's at least what it looked like it looked like he's... that. Or if it would have been a collarbone, I would imagine that he wouldn't have just came back into the game. So yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. He's he's earning it. He's. He's, he's, yeah, he's doing yeah. his job. Been there, um, been there. So let's talk about now. So now you're a uh, Calgary Stampeder. Stampeder sounds like a weird. That's a weird singular form of that. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> So just kind of like what led you? So I, I first question one was it hard to, you know, walk away from the NFL for now um, and make that decision to go up to the CFL.
1: No, nah, it wasn't hard. I um, mean, obviously the money was was really good. Um, so I mean that that makes it a little bit tougher. But I mean I've never played this game for money anyway. So um, I wanted to play quarterback, man. That's that's what got me here. That's what uh, has given me the opportunity to uh, to play at such a high level. Was playing quarterback, not tight end. So nobody in the league was really giving me a chance to play um, to play quarterback. And so uh, the Stampeders and like I said the the Montreal Alouettes if you've heard of them, they, uh, they were willing to give me a chance to play quarterback. And so that's kind of what led me to uh, to the league up north. They, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a unique game, man. There's there's some rule changes uh, that are a little bit different than American football. Uh, the biggest one's probably, you know, there's three downs instead of four, uh, 12 players on the field instead of 11. The field's bigger, longer. The, the, the upright is right at the goal line. End zones are 20 yards. So I mean, those are probably the biggest differences. There's a lot of uh, like small rugby concepts that are that are involved in the Canadian game uh the waggle motion guys running towards the line of scrimmage. Um, yeah, I mean you can really have uh you know I'd say probably I mean, how many receivers? three you know five receivers at one time both of those guys on the ball so you know seven guys have to be on the ball right but everybody everybody else can be moving at the same time they can be running in circles if they want it can get really really confusing so that's crazy um it's it's unique it's unique and and believe it or not adding an extra defender changes everything so all the coverages that i've ever known are a lot different now and um it's. It took me some time to kind of uh, start seeing it in a similar way. Yeah. You know, honestly, honestly, like looking at it now, I wish I could have done this first and then went to American football because, like, whenever I turn on a game, like a college game or an NFL game, like seeing things is so much easier. Like seeing just like the structure of the defense and being able to tell, like, um, you know, who is possibly blitzing who can you know mess up a protection who can get you in trouble basically you know what I mean like those type of things like it's so much easier to see and so um which I never really thought about before um
0: that's really so, interesting yeah yeah it's a cool
1: it's a cool league man it's a cool league I didn't you know I'm I think a lot of you know Americans or just NFL fans kind of look down on the CFL like it's a like a, you know not as good I mean there are some really good football players over here. And, um, you know, it's it's a little bit of a different game, but I'm a little surprised how uh, how I, I figured it would be more popular, I guess, in the States to at least watch. I mean, because I don't ever really remember watching CFL games. And um, I mean, maybe that has something to do with uh, the, you know, the, the cable rights to it i don't know but i figured it would be a lot more popular just because it's such a cool game man it's a really really cool game to watch to learn about like um i've enjoyed it i've enjoyed it a lot so far in my first season here and um you know looking forward to to being back again after the season's over
0: i i would i would guess that it probably boils down mostly just like yeah like availability like how do you watch it on tv because like you know i mean penn state fans are gonna like when they started up the afl and hackenberg was playing the afl like Every Penn State fan was watching him play. Oh, yeah. like, I, and fans would love to be watching you play. I just, I mean, I, I'm not sure I know how to watch CFL. Yeah, like yeah. Where I was so it.
1: it's it's there's an affiliate basically through ESPN. It's called TSN. That's the Canadian okay. yeah. sports network here. So TSN does all of our games. And I believe if you have like ESPN Plus, I mean, that's how my people watch the game back home because mm. you know they don't, they can't make it up here a whole lot because it's so far. But ESPN Plus has, um, you know, I guess the option to watch our games. I'm not sure if there, I mean, this was, this was like last year when I was trying to watch games yeah. there at the end of the season when I figured it out. So, I mean, I'm sure if there's, if there's a will, there's a way, right? That's,
0: yeah. I say that's good to know. That was good, one of my parting questions here was is gonna be like, how, how can we actually watch you play football again? But that's, yeah, that's yeah. good to know. Um, the, when you were going over the, like the differences between the two games, the the goalpost thing is one that always I mean, obviously it stands out the most because it's the most jarring difference when you watch it on TV. For someone like you, though, who has, you know, obviously like a aspect of your game that could be so effective is being able to just go up the middle because you're such a big dude. Like, is that like nerve wracking to go into the end zone when you know the goalposts right there? <laughs>
1: So in our in our game this past weekend, actually, we uh, we had like this play where it's basically quarterback sneak. Right. And um, the, I mean, we're on the one like right in the middle of the field and I'm going sneak left. And so uh, I had a minor thought like, man, I could like really like, it's actually a joke. Like people will, will say in, in America, like, you know, you score a touchdown you hit your head off the goalpost, right? Like that's just kind of like one of those things that people say. And I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, man, like I might actually hit my head <laughs> off the goalpost here. <laughs> like, um, but no, I mean, honestly, I figured that it would be used more and um, oh, like true. past concepts. Yeah. You know what I mean? I figured that that would be like a thing. Like I remember we had a guy in practice run into it not too long ago and it was just really, really funny for <laughs> everybody besides him. But, um, you know, I mean, obviously it can kind of sneak up on you. I mean, I've never had any issues with it. Um, I don't think that there's any kind of fine policy here in the CFL as far as like dunking the goalpost, but it's probably because it's not in the end zone. The play's not over yet. You know what I mean? So, oh
0: yeah,
1: you don't really run into that problem here. But um, but yeah, it. Uh, I've I've never. Yeah, you know, knock knock on wood. I haven't had any run-ins literally with the with the goalpost yet. So
0: that's good. That's good. Kind of like long-term thinking about your football career. Like, do you see yourself if you get the right opportunity? Would you come back to the NFL, or are you are you happy where you are? You're cool with staying up there and playing in the CFL. Like, no, like, would yeah, you? Yeah, you no. Consider? I mean,
1: it's. It's you know, obviously everything's situational, right? Like, it just would have to depend on what's going on in my life at that time and if it makes sense. Um, you know, obviously, I mean, it's the the, the NFL is the best league. And, um, you know, there's there's no shame in saying that. I mean, it's the, the highest level of football, right? And right. so um, if if that opportunity comes back, then yeah, sure. But, I mean, I've done that. I've lived that. And um, if I don't make it back to the NFL, I, I wouldn't be, like, I'm not playing in the CFL to get back to the NFL, if that makes sense. Right. Like, I'm playing because I love football. Um, it's never been about money to me. And, uh, you know, this is the highest level of football that, you know, I'm capable of playing right now. So, I, uh, I'm i very thankful that, you know, I'm in the league and I've got a role here. I mean, it's there's actually a, like, I mean, truly a short yardage QB role here in the CFL. I mean, because there's only three downs, like I said. And mm-hmm. so... Um, you know those you get down to you know second short, third, and short um, another big uh rule in the c f l is you have to give a yard with your own defense you have to give a yard of space right mm. and so um that helps with running those type of plays yeah. and so um you know i i've enjoyed my role here uh, we 've been very successful with it thus far um you know, we've we've converted on every single opportunity that we've we've been given um I've been able to to rack up like I think eight touchdowns to this point in the season so it's like tied for like fourth in the league i believe it's awesome uh, it's actually really fu- it's really funny like we've got our running back is like the leader as far as like running backs go and actual like rushing touchdowns you know what I mean uh-huh. he's got nine. Uh, and you know I've got eight being the touchdown vulture. You know what I mean. So, but like the number, the number one, number two guys in the league are both quarterbacks, short yardage, same role as me. Um, and then Kadeem, I believe, is 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 in second. There's another guy, um, uh, the guy that we're playing this week, the starting quarterback in Sask. Uh, me and him are tied, I believe, um, something like that. I don't really, I'm not really sure. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's a beneficial position for me that I've enjoyed and hopefully we continue to expand off of it.
0: Yeah. Well make sure fan we're not done yet. This isn't me signing off yet, but um, if you <laughs> make sure you tune in ESPN plus, so you can see, see Tommy play. Cause that, that I, yeah, that's something I've been meaning to figure out how I can do. So I'm glad I know how to do that now. Cause that sounds, yeah. that sounds awesome. It's a cool deal, um, man. It's a cool game. So to flip it back now just to kind of close out here. This year's Penn State team. I know we talked a little bit before we started um that you've you got you've had the opportunity to watch them a couple times but you know you also both you play on Saturdays um with Calgary now so it makes it a little tough at times. Um so I I don't want to go too deep into it or anything but you know there you know there's a lot of Penn State fans right now that are less than pleased after this uh recent game against Michigan and um You know, just things offensively just kind of seem to be in a little bit of disarray. Um, But something that we've talked about a lot over the last couple of years, and I'm curious to get your opinion on as a former quarterback. So Sean Clifford has been the constant for the last six years, five years now feels like 18 years. Um, But during his time, you know, he had Ricky Ronnie was his offensive coordinator for uh, two years. And right. then they brought in Kirk Shiraka for a year, and now they have Mike Yursich going into his second year. What's it like as a quarterback? And not that you and you didn't really have to experience this as much. You had a little bit of it, but you had Joe Moorhead for two years, you know. Right. Um, what kind of a... brief camp last year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even then. <laughs> um, so you know what? What kind of effect do you think you know, like as a former as a current quarterback, but as a former college quarterback? What kind of effect do you think it has, you know, on a team, just going through that much coaching turnover, just constantly?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of turnover with it, man. Like it's um, it's tough because you know guys will come in and want to implement their system, and I don't really know how they've been doing it at Penn State. I really don't. Um, but they, you know, they come in kind of like implement their style of offense and how they want to coach it. And, uh, you never really get comfortable, so that's something that I felt for Cliff for. Uh, in a lot of different ways, just because it's it's constantly changing for him, right? But um, you know, the older you get, the more I guess. I mean, I've had to play in a lot of different systems, obviously, with all the places that I've been the last couple of years. Um, you know, the older you get, and maybe the more that you you know kind of bounce around, you realize like, okay, like this is just kind of how it goes, and you kind of adapt to it, right? So, um, it's tough. It's tough for a college kid, but um, you know, it's. I think everything looks better obviously when you're winning. And so that's kind of what's what's given at the microscope, I would say. Um, yeah. and a lot of people are, are are you know focusing on you know I guess things and I, and I'm I'm pretty far detached from the situation. I mean I haven't really been keeping up with a ton of the stuff, but um I have noticed that a lot of people do give Sean a lot of um you know negative uh you know, people want to win. Penn say people want to win. It's, I mean, it's it's going to be like that today, tomorrow, and forever. You know, just like it was, you know, yesterday and yeah. you know, since the beginning of, of time, right? So, um, you know, if you're not winning, there's obviously an issue, and that's that's what really gets what you know. Guys want to win. People want to win, and um, you know, unfortunately, right now, I think that they're kind of in a. Um, I don't really want to speak on something that I don't know a whole lot about obviously and make it seem like I've been analyzing Penn state football. Cause I haven't, but, um, man, we, we had some really, really good teams back in, back in 16 that kind of, um, I would say erupted. Um, you know, I think that we were a lot better than what we were supposed to be. Right. Definitely. Uh, Post sanction Penn state team that, you know, just kind of got back to full, they say full strength. Right. But, you know, we get back to having all of our scholarships and, haven't been ranked in a long time. And, you know, we kind of emerged very, very quickly. Right. And so that wasn't really how it was supposed to go. So right. I don't want to say rebuild, um, you know, Penn state's always going to be of national prevalence. That's always going to be, you know, they're going to have no reason not to be able to recruit very well, which from what I've seen, they've still been able to continue to recruit. Well, yep. um, you know, as long as, as long as James there, they'll always recruit well, in my opinion, because that's, you know, kind of his knack. He's very, very good at recruiting, but um you know they'll continue to um, you know just keep climbing. That's that's really what it comes down to, man. I think when when a lot of people look back on Cliff's career as a Penn State quarterback, um, I would hope I would hope that they give him more credit than than what I've seen the last couple of years uh, with with people kind of calling for his head. You know what I mean? Because uh, Cliff's done a lot, man. Cliff's done a lot. He, he stepped into impossible shoes to fill. I would say with you know with Trace being. Um, you know, the guy that he was and resetting all the records and stuff like that. I mean, it's, that had to have been tough on him. Yeah. And I remember, you know, when we were competing for the job or whatever, I remember thinking, okay, like we've got some pretty unreal expectations here, but you know, I, I, I don't see Cliff being a guy that's paid too much attention to what people say. I mean, knowing Cliff very well, I've known Cliff since I was in high school, um, knowing the type of guy he is, the type of character he has, uh, it's never going to change his day-to-day process, which a lot of guys will, um, you know, it's not good for a lot of people. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I just, I, I, really do hope that people will realize what Cliff has done for the program. Um, you know, whether it's soon, I hope, I hope they appreciate Sean while they have him because he was, uh, a huge piece to their success over the last, uh, Fifteen years or however long he's been been at Penn State, so <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he, he uh, he's a good dude, man. He's a good dude, and I'm not just saying that because I'm his friend. Um, you know, he's, he's he's a really good quarterback too. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, people will realize that and uh, continue. Because I mean, they're gonna get plenty plenty of time, and that's again uh, probably blabbering on here. I think that the, okay. our kid's going to be special, man. Yeah. I think he's going to be a really good player. I mean, obviously based on the things that I've seen, he looks, doesn't look like a true freshman that was playing high school football last year from, from what I've seen. And, um, he, uh, Ben fans fans have plenty of time to, to cheer him on. And, you know, if that does happen and, and, and our takes over, and I mean, it's, it's always going to be what's best for the program. Right. Sure. It shouldn't be about like who's, um, you know, well-liked or, or whatever. Like if, if our gives him a better chance to win, then let him play. But, uh, I would imagine that there's still a lot of, uh, young, young man to him still learning, um, behind cliff. And, and hopefully if, if I know cliff as well as I think I do, he's, uh, he's mentoring drew and, and then helping him, um, take the pieces to, to be able to step over whenever or step up whenever it's his time.
0: Could you, you sound like a seasoned vet now talking about the young man, Drew Aller. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's weird, man. It's weird seeing like he's he's one year older than my little brother, so it's uh, it, it's weird to kind of like look at it from one side. Look at him as okay, like this kid's the future of Penn State, like you know whatever, uh, whatever you want to say about him, right? I mean, obviously the kid's very very talented. He was what the was he the best rated quarterback coming out? Uh, it the- depends
0: where you're looking.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, in the in the conversation, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. So, um, you know, looking at that and then looking at, like, a high school kid the way that I look at, like, my brother. Right. You know I mean, it's kind of weird to think about them being only one year apart. So, my um, I mean, kid's still young, man. He's still young and has uh, a lot of room to grow, but I'm excited for him. I've, uh, I don't know if I've ever talked to Drew, but um, I'm excited for his future, man. Excited for him and um, the things that he's going to be able to do. I think it's really cool that he came to Penn State, especially given – Um, I'm sure he had every offer that you can imagine. So I'm I'm glad that, uh, he's a Nittany lion and uh, excited to see what, what he can do whenever, whenever that time comes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He should be a good one. Um, but yeah, to your, to your point about Clifford. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's something that we've talked about actually, um, as a blog podcast, whatever. Um, we've talked, we've talked about how that those 2016, those 2017 teams, like you guys, a hundred percent arrived early. Like you were not supposed to be as good as you were. And it was just like the confluence of well like fifteen sixteen n f l dudes all just peaking at the same time, and it you know yeah like you said like it was already gonna be tough enough for Clifford to take over for trace mcSorley, but then when you add sure. on the fact that like expectations had been completely rewritten when in oh. reality like you look at what he's done like he he led an eleven win team like they have i i know they had a they had a tough year. 2021 and 2020 i'm i'm just thrown out the window it's so weird like yeah it's hard yeah. to really put anything in the that, weird but, deal yeah but yeah it's yeah you guys for i mean not not for worse because 2016 2017 were awesome but you definitely made it tougher on the guys that came after you for yeah. sure um but yeah i, yeah, I, I think sure. at the end like at, people i i will i'm also choosing to believe that people will recognize and realize how impactful and good sean clifford has been for the program for sure i mean he's rewritten Absolutely. the record books
1: yeah. yeah yeah he's he's stepped into those unrealistic expectations and i mean i would say that he's he's played played very very good ball i mean no matter what they'll say i mean of course they're gonna you know rip him on twitter but I mean, who cares what that's a no-name but... person on twitter says right i mean you can look up you can look up anybody's name and there's probably somebody saying anything bad about him. so
0: oh sure yeah well tommy this was an absolute pleasure, man. It's been great to catch up with you after what, eight years ago is the last time we talked, yeah. I guess. Um, but yeah, huge, huge thanks for coming on. Um you know, maybe we can do this again sometime if you if you got some yeah, free man. time up there. Um I yeah, don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know how much there is to do in Calgary. It looks like a beautiful town, but yeah, if you ever feel like hopping yeah. back on, you're always more than welcome. Um Yeah, man. Reminder for everyone, if you want to watch Tommy play, check out ESPN Plus. And I'll, I'll figure out the best way to do it. I'll toss it in the podcast description as well and yeah. on YouTube so we can get, get some direct links to see him play. Um, <laughs> see the former Penn State great play. But yeah, Tommy, once again, awesome to have you. Thanks for coming on. Um, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, whatever podcast platform you choose to listen to. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube, all that jazz, five-star view, comments, all that good stuff. Uh, but for myself, Nick Pollock, for my uh, wonderful guest, Tommy Stevens, thanks for listening, everyone. Go State.